0: Are you ready for more miracles and magic in your life? Rainbows in Real Life is dedicated to bringing positivity to the forefront, celebrating the power and promise of the human spirit, and supporting each other in challenging times. Together we are finding ways to make the future bigger and brighter for all of us. We will be sharing stories of perseverance, possibility, and promise, and engaging with experts that are making a real difference in the world. Join us live on Facebook on Thursday evenings to engage in the conversation. We'd love to hear from you. Hello, Brilliant Souls, and welcome to Rainbows in Real Life, the show dedicated to bringing positivity to the forefront, celebrating the power and promise of the human spirit, and supporting each other in challenging times. We believe when we join together, we all live better lives, and we're exploring ways we can do that in today's ever-changing world. I'm Pamela Aubrey, and I'm here with my amazing co-host, Christopher Rush, the No Excuses Coach, and our very special guest this evening, Stephanie Ushima Carney. So welcome to the show, you guys.
1: Thank you. Well, By the way,
0: I nice loved your ladies.
1: intro.
2: <laughs>
0: Thank you. It's so great to have you here with us Pam, tonight.
2: Pam did such a great job on the intro. She had some other schmuck that was gonna do it, but that guy just was. Yeah, he was just all over the place. And uh, it
1: made me feel happy. It was like definitely this positivity. So I
0: love it. Perfect. Well good. Well, hopefully, hopefully the audience is feeling that a little bit right now too. And we just want to welcome all of you to the show as well. Such a joy to be here with you as always. And Christopher, thank you for being here, alongside me, sharing your beautiful light out into the world.
2: Of course, of course, of course. Good evening, ladies. How are you guys doing?
0: Fantastic. Good. <laughs>
2: Ready to rock and roll. One of the things we got to do before we rock and roll, of course, ladies and gentlemen, that you're joining us here live or on the replay, please, please, please engage with us. Ask us questions. Ask our guests questions, of course. This is a conversation where you're kind of eavesdropping and hearing what's going on. So share your experiences. Share what works for you. um, And please ask questions and engage with us because that's what this is for. So thank you guys for being here and spending your time with us.
0: Absolutely. So, I have been so excited to talk to you tonight because one of the things that I think we all realize has sort of happened over the last year is there's been all of these things that have come up in our society and in all these different challenges that we're suddenly facing. And we're watching different things unfold that really haven't been necessarily addressed, maybe in the way they would have in the past, because a lot of our nonprofits are either one struggling to kind of keep up with what's happening or people just don't have the time to invest anymore. And so one of the things I really wanted to talk to you about was how do we you know, face these challenges together? How do we create better systems? How do we start to move in the direction we wanna go and, and use our nonprofits to do that?
1: Ooh, that's a good question. You know what's really interesting is I think right now creates the perfect opportunity for innovation. And I've seen that because one of the organizations that I'm a part of, we had to rethink everything that we were doing. A lot of the ways we fundraise are in person. So most nonprofits raise their money based on, you know, besides solicitations, but also like big galas. So you're dependent on these big events. They're dependent on certain events, whether it be like a fashion show or a home tour or some sort of, in-person activity and i think for us right now as a nonprofit it's a really good time to think of how can we innovate for the future how can we build awareness not just in our local community because events are very very local centric and how can we build that outward and go virtual or bring in you know Thinking, thinking bigger. And I think that this pandemic has given us the perfect opportunity to do that. However, on the flip side, it has been difficult. My um, mentor previously was that the pandemic has caused a lot of us to have financial difficulties of donations, have also maybe time, not had the time to spend in that. Um, and so I think right now it's important to really start showcasing those needs and and bringing in all the societal problems that have been coming about. I mean everything from education, childcare, you know, Black Lives Matter, whatever that is, all of those are nonprofit related. And I think right now it's a perfect time because the pandemic has exposed a lot of issues, systemic issues, things that are going on that nonprofits specifically focus and help. And so I think it's the time for nonprofits to shine. It's the time that they start getting their message out there and thinking creatively on how to do that. And I think now is the perfect time for nonprofits.
0: So, and That's what cool. makes you say that?
1: What well, makes me say that um, now is the perfect time? Yeah. just. I mean, I see it. I see it as opportunity. So I'm one of those people that I think was it Warren Buffett who had this phrase like, you know, when when people are selling, you buy, and when people are buying, you sell, and you always do kind of the reverse. Well, right now people are like scared and running, but it's the time to run towards the market it's time to attack it it's a time where things are these issues are on people's minds so whereas you're trying to raise money for you know homelessness during a time where there's economic prosperity people might not be looking at that as an issue and they might not be focused on that right now i mean not saying like exploit the things that are wrong but now's the time to really jump on that and produce solutions. So besides just starting a nonprofit to start a nonprofit, really address like, why is this this the time? Why are we doing this? And how can we offer solutions to help? I think people are really right now looking for solutions. And imagine being that person who can come in and even if it's helping, you know, three homeless families get off the street, like you gotta start somewhere. So if you have a passion right now and, like as a person, like, you know, if you have a passion outside of your day job, outside of what you normally do, now's the time to start thinking about it, start pursuing that. So whether it's, whether for you it's a side hustle business or or it's a nonprofit you've always been dreaming to start, like now's the time. Such amazing awesome. points.
0: Christopher, you had a question.
2: Yeah, yeah. And just thinking about nonprofits, I was recently elected to the board of directors for a nonprofit to helphealhumanity.org. And so in thinking about that and thinking about getting involved in that, what are some What are some common attributes of of starting a nonprofit that people should really consider as they're brainstorming that idea?
1: Well, I think one is you need to have like a very, very, a focused kind of niche. And it's like, I feel like starting a nonprofit is kind of like starting a business. Like you can't be like, I'm going to start something to help everybody. Like you need to pick something specific. So are you helping children? Okay, great. Like, what are you helping children with? Like, what is your focus? Do you have a passion? Because you have a story behind that. Like you were you know you were in a foster situation or something and now you want to have to help foster kids trust me there is a place for every single like niche or thing out there and so really honing in on on what that is and you start with one again just like a business you start with one situation one problem you want to solve and of course it can build from there and then you can become like the heel of the bay or whatever that is but you have to start small or and start pretty like pinpointed.
0: Yeah, and I I think that's really valuable. I want to quickly say hello to some of the people who have popped on the show. Larry Scott, thanks for being here. You guys, we appreciate you. I see there's some other people on I can't see names unless you leave a comment. But please do comment and ask any questions you have you guys. That's why we're here. So one of the other things I think you know, it's interesting, like you were saying, and we talked a little bit about this before we got on the show too. you know, this is kind of an economically challenging time for a lot of people. And so when you have an idea like this, it can seem kind of overwhelming, like, how am I going to even get this off the ground? If, if I don't have money and not that many people I know have money, then where do I start? So how do people know real, really where to begin to actually get it off the ground?
1: Well, I would say to start, you don't need that much capital. I mean, you can also... Find an organization that you can support and help with volunteer hours and see how that goes. See if that's like a passion of yours. You can gather a group of friends. So I want to tell a little story of how are the nonprofit that I've been really involved with started. It actually started in the great depression and it was a bunch of women. It was like eight women during the great depression. It was during the holidays and a lot of families in their area didn't have the essential needs. like. You know toilet paper, whatever that is. So anonymously they gathered with whatever household products that they had extra and delivered it to families in need in their own neighborhood and just dropped it at the door like a ding-dong ditch. And that's how the organization I'm involved with started. And that was way, way long ago. Mm-hmm. And so you don't need much to start. So find that. Like is it that You know, you can gather a hundred dollars and buy certain supplies and see if that helps or put on a day for kids where you do art projects and that doesn't cost much money. Is there something you can do gathering people and you know, cleaning the beach? Is there something that you can do with limited funds that still helps out in some way? I mean, is it taking a bunch of kids and teaching them how to play basketball? Like that doesn't involve anything. But it might make a difference in those kids lives because they don't have anyone to you know do sports with or something there's so many creative solutions so if you have a passion for something figure out what can i do you don't necessarily need the money but once you've proven that that is a great you know thing and people are really interested in helping then you can start raising funds and also like putting together the legal side of stuff, I would hire a lawyer, I'm not a lawyer, but so, you know, that's that's the business side of things, putting together your 5013C, or if you're a corporation and want to be a B Corp, you know, hire a lawyer, get that done. But really have your vision, mission, idea. It's, it's very similar to starting a business.
2: Hmm. Awesome, awesome. Thank you for sharing that information with us. I mean, it's so powerful in what we could do today. And I love your creative resources in being able to say, listen, find your niche, and, and you could start somewhere. I mean, that's that's half the battle in anything is being able to start somewhere. When people come to you for advice and for, for coaching and to go through your programs, what are some of the, I'm the no excuses coach, so I, I love to find out, what are some of the common excuses that you run up against and what are some of those solutions and opportunities for people to proactively consider um, as they're watching the show? I don't have enough time.
1: So I'm a mom of three. I tend to have a lot of clients who are moms also who are looking to grow their business, but then their excuse is I don't have enough time. And like your no excuses, I think that is not a good excuse. We all have the same amount of time. It's how we figure out and prioritize if that's important to us. So say for example, volunteering, that's something that's super important to me. And so I find the time I make the time I block it off of my calendar and I make it a non-negotiable because that helps me that betters my sense of happiness. And so that is something that I make sure like, okay, like if I'm going to have to, you know, go here during this time, we're going to figure out childcare. We're going to figure out who's doing what it's. Time is such a great excuse to fall back on, but it's really because they just aren't dedicated enough to it. And I'm sorry to be blunt, but you make time. You can make time to go get a mani-pedi. You can make time to hang out and talk on the phone. You can make time to watch Netflix. You can make time for these things. And why? Because it's important to you in that moment. And so if something's important to you in that moment, if building a business, if volunteering, if whatever that is, And if you say you don't have enough time, well, maybe then it's because it's not that important to you and you just are pretending it is because it may sound good. So I work with a lot of people on that and really also on the flip side is structuring what you do during that time. So a lot of things that we work on is really figuring out what capacity you have and making sure what your goals are and stuff can fit into that. A lot of us have like lofty goals and great, but then we're not realistic with ourselves on how much time we actually have to accomplish those things. And we tend to then compare each other against other people. Like, how come she built her business in you know one year, and it's taking me so long? Oh well, she doesn't have kids, and she has all the time in the world, kind of thing. She sleeps until nine. Like, there's all sorts of different excuses people give. But that is my number one: is time.
0: Well, and I would love for you to share a little bit about you know what that's looked like for you, what it is that you're actually doing in your volunteer work, and 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 how you know how that's impacting not just your life, but the lives of others right now? Well, so it's interesting. Sometimes you can turn in those passions
1: and volunteer stuff into actual jobs too. So um, I was actually, so one of the companies that I started was an event production company, and this was 10 years ago. And I randomly fell into it. It was during the economic crash. I was in real estate development. I didn't have a job. And one thing I loved doing was planning events. And one thing that I was always involved with was also fundraising. So uh, one of the university, local universities asked me to come back and help plan their gala. And I started volunteering and planning other galas because I'm like, I love event planning. I'm great at this. And I also love you know doing it for organizations that I know are raising money for good causes. And one day someone stopped me and said, why aren't you charging for this? And I said, "Excuse me, no, I just want to give, give, give. Like, I love giving my time. I love doing all this." And they're like, "But you can actually make a business out of this." And so, that's how I like started a company out of it. Is I started then saying, "Okay, well, I guess I'll charge to you know run your silent auction. I guess I'll charge to do this." Um, and so, it's interesting how that kind of came into play. Um, sorry, I, I digressed a little, but it was finding time for something that was important to me and then from there things kind of just evolved and mm-hmm. ended up being that and now i get paid for something that i love doing and so i also work for a nonprofit and i got paid to do what i loved and and that was like incredible <laughs>
0: yeah absolutely and i think it's a good reminder too that just because you're volunteering and you're doing those good things it doesn't mean that you can't allow that to then open other doors because a lot Mm -hmm. of times we do we make connections you know we we discover parts of ourselves you know we realize okay there's this is something that i really love maybe i want to take this piece of it and go do this with it you know or whatever the case may be and so it can also be kind of this journey of self-discovery and it sounds like that's sort of what happened with you as well
1: yeah, it did. It evolved over time. I mean, look at also companies like Tom's and all of those companies that also give back. Yes. Yes. But, you know, you can have a component of both. Now, if you just want to purely go the nonprofit route, that's like fine, too, as long as you're enjoying doing that. And it's a cause that you are truly passionate about.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and so for someone, let's say someone's, you know, they're kind of getting the ball rolling, they're they're getting their nonprofit up and going, what are some tips you can give them to make that a little bit easier? And maybe just to make them feel like, okay, this is something that is doable. It seems a little overwhelming. You know, there's a lot of paperwork, there's a lot of stuff you have to do. What are some ways that, you know, that can be simplified a little bit?
1: I would say, number one, find a mentor. So find someone who has done it. Um, I think that the quickest path to building something is finding those people who have already done it and look at Mm -hmm. them and say, and ask them, how did you do it? And really gain that insight because again, every situation is different, but you learn from that. So kind of figuring that out. Also, um, getting help, uh, whether it's the recruiting volunteers, like you could be the executive director of development of that organization and be the only employee, but find people also passionate about that that can help you out doing little things like maybe be social media, be be this, you know, and really building a team and then seeing how that grows. But I would say the first thing is really look at those people and find someone who has walked in that path before. You know, you don't go into nonprofits necessarily to make a million (laughs) dollars, but you do it because it's something you love doing. And so if you want to start something, start there. Mm, Yeah.
2: Love that. So (laughs) when I was thinking, I was looking back on your your resume of sorts, you were a corporate person before, correct?
1: Yes, that's correct. So I was in management consulting. Um, I then went to business school and got a master's in real estate development and an MBA in entrepreneurship and finished that all when the world exploded you can say during the financial crises um but i really switched gears because back to time i wanted time freedom and you know working as entrepreneurship isn't for everyone but for me i really wanted that time freedom and so i realized that the path to that and the path to me being able to take some of that time to be able to give back and volunteer to take that time to start a family to take that time and build a business It it kind of pushed me to leaving my corporate job. Um, And as much as I love that, I took elements of that and I really looked at why did I love those things so much and what can I do now that still fulfill those things that I love but maybe that I didn't have a quote boss or maybe that I didn't have a, I was chained to you know an office from nine to six. Um, And so for me, entrepreneurship was the route to go and I really enjoyed that. So time freedom really was number one for me. Yeah, and still, as a mom, like, this is how I figure out, like, for me, one of the things that I enjoy doing is giving back and is volunteering my time, and so I am willing to spend, you know, 20 hours a week unpaid in order to give back or whatever that might be. And I have, trust me, I've spent many sleepless nights working on things from marketing to building like a program for a gala and like doing ads and doing like all, that's another thing. You gotta be willing to wear all the hats and do a lot of stuff because you gotta be willing to like roll up your sleeves because in a (laughs) nonprofit, you kind of wear all the roles. So, So doing that, but that, was something that was important to me. And as a busy mom of three and also running, you know, a couple businesses and doing all these things, like I needed to make sure that I still allowed that time for me, cause that's what fuels me.
0: I think that's a great point too. And I think as moms, you know, we have a tendency to kind of focus on everyone else and what does everyone else need? And we take care of everyone else first and we end up being last. But what I think is kind of important, and I think this is what you're getting at too, is that, you know, that's one piece of it is, is the taking care of ourselves that is so important. But also, I think you know it's, it's important for us to remember as moms that we don't have to do it by ourselves. We can find something our kids could do with us, that it can be a great learning experience for them as well. that you know this can teach them something that they may not otherwise ever learn. And I remember growing up, you know, often I would go with my dad to go visit people from our church that were you know just kind of stuck in their homes couldn't go out to church, didn't have a lot of family or friends that would come see them. So we would go out and we would visit people. And I used to love that as a child. I mean, that changed my world. That that exposed me to people and things that I would have never otherwise been exposed to. And so I think that we sometimes think, okay, well then what am I going to do with the kids? And I got to, you know, and it's like, no, how can you bring the kids into this? How can they they then benefit from this. How can it be a family event even? So, so
1: crazy. true. And I did that actually this year. So um, as I was mentioning that like program where we would drop baskets off, that continued, that's a legacy Got program it. and we call it holiday baskets. And now instead it's like $2,000 plus of things and we have like yeah. an endowment now for it and all of that, that we bought for over a hundred families and each wow. of us adopt a family. But I had my son help me shop and like we had four children and they were one of them was his age and I was like this little boy like literally has nothing and honey like so he he not only went with me shopping he went with me to deliver it to the actual family Mm -hmm. and we got to meet them and he's involved and so he understands now like he sees that firsthand and I want to make sure my children get that and they get to find volunteer opportunities, give back, and because it's such an important lesson for them to learn too. So yeah, modeling. And so for as a mom, that's another reason why I like being involved with it because I want to teach my children how important it is to help others in need out there and have the compassion for that. And that, you know, this world and life is so much bigger than us
0: and to find that. Yeah, absolutely it's so powerful and i think you know sometimes we forget that our kids are watching us so closely and you know as we've kind of transitioned this last year into you know 2021 and and are facing some of these challenges our kids are facing them too and i think it's maybe more important than ever that they see us you know kind of not just focused on okay what's going on with us and and our thing all the time but that you know even when we're struggling or there's challenges that we can still help each other out And really that that's the best time maybe of all to be helping each other out. And that was one of the reasons why I really wanted to have this conversation tonight because I feel like we're all in this place. You know, we're all kind of in this space of how are we going to make 2021 different? And so for you, how do you feel like you're going to make 2021 different in that aspect? Well, for me right now, um, I would say... (laughs) (laughs) on the selfish side is I'm
1: working right now really on visibility and empowering moms. Like that is my mission right now. I see so many moms struggling, burnt out, overwhelmed, all of this and it's really my mission right now to empower them to find something else that's outside of the realm and role of just mom. And because I found that and I found that in different things and I know that that has helped me so much better being happier. And as you said, modeling to your kids, Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not the stressed out, angry, frazzled mom at home. Like, I'm present and play with my kids and, like, they see me as happy and all of this. And I want my children not to feel the anxiety that's going on right now. Like, yes, they're aware of it, obviously. they, My five-year-old does distance learning kindergarten in school, like, back and forth. He obviously gets it and asks every day, when's the coronavirus going to be over? but i don't want him to live yeah i don't want him to live in this world of anxiety and fear and and yeah. feeling that and if i am like that then he's going to feel it whether or not i talk about it or not and so exactly. it's really my mission to spread that message and to bring people together and so i have a podcast and so it's so weird to be on the opposite end cuz i love interviewing people and i interview successful mom entrepreneurs and working moms on really how they do it all behind the scenes. And especially now when they're holding way more hats than they might have before from teacher to childcare to everything while working and showcasing kind of their behind the scenes, how they do it all. But also on the flip side, what is their expertise? You know, are you a health coach? Are you um, a CEO of a big company? Are you? What do you do? And how can you also maybe teach something to a mom so that it inspires them to find something different? I always say, like, I'm kind of like Tim Ferriss, where I like to like test a bunch of things and try a bunch of things and see what works, and then um, because. I learn from that so whether they learn about Reiki and energy healing like what you do too or they learn about fitness and, and wellness they can learn that from a mom too because it gives them credibility okay.
2: Yeah, that's a great idea. It sounds like you built a community. I hope you have some sort of repository where you can keep all this talent, like where they can share ideas, create a private Facebook group and get them all in there and sharing stuff like that. They may be able to be be able to barter services or something like that um, and help one Mm -hmm. another out. Fine. working
0: working
1: on that right now. <laughs> it's one of those things where I'm like I I my kid just turned 1 yesterday and so I am now like 2021 and I said it is my year to get going and and go forward <laughs> Um, oh, I
0: see a question. Yeah, so we do. Yes. And this is Todd. He says Our not for profit has grown over the last few years and covers all of North America. A challenge we are having is becoming more ethnically diverse. Any suggestions of reach outs or targeting it's a nature based association? Great Ooh, question.
1: That is a good question. Um, and you say nature based, like what particularly good? Like, uh,
0: I, I, I think he's primarily in, in agriculture. Okay. Um, Maybe he can fill in some of the blanks there for us. It, uh,
1: yes, no. I was going to say that is a big thing. And it is a big topic right now is how do we become more diverse, inclusive? Um, I've listened to so many talks on like DEI and all of that. You know, it it's hard, especially it depends on the industry. So if you're talking agriculture, I mean, you're probably not going to find a lot of certain demographics in there. And so I think it is one of those things where you got to talk, like speak to your audience here. And so looking around, I mean, the way to do it is to look for guest speakers to come in to maybe speak to your nonprofit that are ethnically diverse in that field so maybe they're the token one unfortunately but it would help to broaden that and maybe by someone seeing someone of their own culture or background or socioeconomic or whatever that might be hearing from them it might inspire someone else to be like oh wow I saw that person like on there, huh, interesting. Like, let me check out this organization. So it's pulling from external resources and then building it that way. So looking for looking for maybe even partner organizations that do have that diversity and seeing, like, how can you collaborate with them? I think right now a big thing is just collaboration and, and asking people what they need and helping each other, especially after this pandemic and everything. Like, a, we've learned, like we really need to reach out to more people, mm-hmm. and so I don't know. Find people that are, that have exemplified what you're looking for, and bring them bring them to you.
0: I think that's great. And how do you recommend people collaborate? What are some of the ways that you've been able to collaborate with others in your previous experience working with nonprofits? So it's interesting. One of the
1: ways we've done is we've actually granted other nonprofits. So we've actually raised funds and for for things that maybe aren't in our niche or expertise, but we're really also passionate about helping because they're in our community, we've actually granted money. So that's a way that we've collaborated. And because of that, we've helped them, whether it's grant or Um, So this Like Baskets program I was talking about, we actually ask all the different agencies in the area, do you have a family that you think would be a perfect fit for this program? These are our qualifications. So instead of us vetting and finding those families, we go to our local organizations and find that. And so that's a great way to collaborate because now you're helping other organizations and it, it helps them. It helps you. Like, right. if, so there's there's really different ways you can partner up. And if you have two different topics, you you know you can speak to the community about it. You can. There's so many different ways right so really now. Kind
0: of doing your research, finding out who else is out there that maybe is doing something similar, or at least is in your field. Well,
1: Complementary. Yeah.
0: Yes. Sure. And that you might be able to then connect with and and find a way to help each other up. Yeah. And it doesn't even have to be local. It
1: could be far away. It could be like, this organization, you know, across, like I'm on the West Coast, I'm in Los Angeles, like this organization in New York is doing this, like, you know, we've joined forces and we're, you know, championing this cause for February or we're doing something and pull together those, especially if you're small and you don't have maybe those resources yet, pull from each other's audiences, build awareness. Mm-hmm. Um, I, those are many ways
2: you can do it. That's
0: great idea. Thank you. That's so helpful.
2: When you, when you think about the competition in the nonprofit space, do you see it more like in the traditional business space, there's competition like, oh, don't take my customer or do that. In the nonprofit space, do you find there's more collaborations or are there opportunities where that you approach, you know, maybe a, a like a similar organization and they may tell you, no, we don't want to do anything. We don't want to, you know, like share anything. Talk, is there anything about that in the the ethics and the morals and the values that go in between nonprofits? Is there some synergies there?
1: So I feel like there isn't technically competition, per se, between them. Sometimes there are for maybe like if you're a local organization and you have like a gala the same day and you kind of have the same demographics of people, that type of competition. But in reality, we're all here for a single purpose of helping a certain like a certain, you know, cause or whatnot. Most people aren't going to be like, "Oh, I can't believe you're helping the, you know, American Heart Association." How dare you! Like, no one's going to say that. Like, I mean, so I don't find there to be a lot of competition. Uh, I think what is the like hard part is finding those people who are willing to volunteer, and that's competition because you're looking for resources in terms of people's again time, and so you really need to find those people who are champions for your cause. I, I don't find that there's a lot. I the fi- place I find where there is competition is when you're soliciting businesses. So when, for example, you're looking to raise money and you're all calling the same you know brand to donate for your silent auction, or you're all calling the same law firm for that like you know head sponsorship or something like that. That's where you get a little bit rough because it. But in the end of the day, it's all about network, and I think that's one important part. Um, good or bad about nonprofits and especially fundraising it's kind of who you know and so if someone's on the board of a nonprofit and they reach out to their friend and they're like we have this cause blah 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 and then someone else who they don't know reaches out they're most likely gonna donate to you just because of your network Um, and I found that by I helped I mean Teach for America's brought in there they were one of my clients for a while and you know, I noticed that is that it's who's on your board or who do you know and who can you get to advocate for you? And so that's where competition can lie is where you have very similar targets for that. But when it comes to, I guess, appeal, everyone's willing to help everyone in that sense. Awesome, thank you. Yeah,
0: yeah, and I think that's a great point too. I mean, because I, I think people sometimes they get, they're used to the business mindset and so, moving into the nonprofit space can really be different. What are some of the differences that you've found working in nonprofit versus, say, working in corporate or in business?
1: Ooh, I think nonprofits, unfortunately, and I hate the word hustle, but you gotta hustle a little harder mm-hmm. in nonprofits. I think with business, like people, people get it. Like you're selling a product, you're selling a service. Like you know, it, it's just known. Nonprofit, you're selling an idea, a cause, a belief, you're trying to evoke more emotion. So mm-hmm. I think one thing about nonprofits versus business is you really have to learn the human side of things. You really have to evoke that emotion. You really have to figure out what is the trigger point in the people to donate. What is that? What are people interested in? And I know that kind of translates to business, but it's less about that. Like business, and you can you can tell me I'm wrong um, here, Chris, but. Business tends to be a little more egocentric in the sense that you are selling a product, you're selling a service, you're selling something, whether you're a coach, so you're selling yourself, it's a little more egocentric. When you're talking about nonprofits, you're selling something bigger than yourself. And so I think that's harder because you're trying to sell something that's not as tangible. People Mm -hmm. can't walk away. They're basically paying in exchange for a feel good. And that's a harder sell. And so I think that that would be a big difference. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. So besides the Sarah McLaughlin commercials where they show the puppies of the you know, <laughs> those eyes, what are, what are some, what are some tips that you would give nonprofits to, to enhance their opportunity to an to people to get donations?
1: Ooh, stories, storytelling. And I guess that's in business too, but, The difference between just talking about your cause and showcasing a transformation of before and after, I mean, that's with business too. I think that is really key. I mean, there was a commercial and I'm trying to remember, it was for Kleenex, but Kleenex partnered with this, um, I think it was an organization that delivered goods to colleges for foster kids or something. My goodness, I watched that commercial and I was, like, bawling. Like, it was unbelievable because it it just talked to, like, the impact that they made. And it was a very natural story. And just seeing that and seeing, like, Kleenex come and, like, deliver this and, like, the kids crying and all of this. It's like, oh, my goodness. Like, here, take my money. Or, like, what can I do to help? Can I donate? Like, I, I donated for like um, some sort of food bank or hunger because I saw a commercial and I was like crying. I was like, oh my goodness, these people don't have. So it's emotions (laughs) and it's storytelling. And so um, I think if you can tell a good story and you can really showcase the, how your organization, again, this is like business, how you were the important part of this transformation, then people will have the buy-in.
0: Yeah, that's so great. It re- it makes me think of like the Hallmark commercials. You know, I mean, I can never watch those without crying. It's like they have got the secret sauce. So yeah, <laughs> if we can just connect with the the people over at Hallmark, we'd have it made, right?
2: <laughs> Does Hallmark still exist?
0: Yes, yes, it does.
1: And oh the Homework God. Channel, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. Still exists. Oh, that's right. I got
2: <laughs> testosterone. I don't watch that, <laughs> I
1: mean, I'm you're honestly. talking rainbows here. Like, that's like I, rainbows I, and I, sunshine I, I, all I cry, the time. I,
2: I cry more than my wife. I cry more than my wife. I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> but in shifting gears, shifting gear like I better. Yeah. And shifting gears, I, I'm, I'm all about the, the, the mindset and everything and, and, and trying to figure out how do you get from one phase to another. And you keyed in on it a little bit. And that's what I was going to go down the road from okay. the corporate transition to running your own business, essentially. Um, I think about identity. I think mm-hmm. about my shift from corporate to doing this. I think about my identity. I was just coaching somebody um, who left their business to start to, to really immerse themselves in their coaching and they didn't realize their identity had been caught up so much in their business, their other business. Um, thinking about the moms that are watching this and think about the people that are rooted in those identities, like I am the mom, I'm the caretaker and everything else. What are your recommendations for bouncing out of that mindset to, to see things differently and to take that pride and that courage and that ownership of who they are to, to create that new identity, if you will?
1: So I'm actually going to correct you on something. I don't call it identity. I call it roles. And the reason why is an identity is very personal. Identity makes you feel like that's just who you are. But really, if you think about these things that you mentioned, like a mom, a caretaker, an entrepreneur, they're roles that you play. They're not who you are. They're a role you play in the grand scheme of an identity umbrella. And so I love talking to moms about how do you redefine yourself, redefine your identity and find that new side of you once you become a mom, because I went through that. I remember, I mean, I was working in corporate and all of a sudden I became a mom and I thought I could do this all. And I realized like, I don't really relate to these people anymore. I don't I don't feel like I can, I'm myself. So that was the part of my identity that was like, I don't feel like I'm being authentic to me. And then I went to my mommy and me group and most of them, nothing against stay-at-home moms at all. Like we all again, have our identities um, when it comes to kind of how we perceive ourselves. And for me, the role, the job of a stay-at-home mom, I didn't relate to, I couldn't do, it wasn't me. And so I felt myself in this limbo of like, i don't know who i am anymore and that's when i questioned quote my identity so i had to figure out what role am i playing am i playing the mom so i am the you know in the mom in the sense of like i take care of the household i do this i do that like that's the stay-at-home mom role or am i the corporate role can i work for someone can i clock in and out every day is this something that you know i'm passionate about and so questioning each of those roles i was playing really helped me to rethink what my identity was. And when I realized that my role as a corporate person didn't really mesh anymore and I pulled out, so what do I really enjoy about what I was doing? Like, what about it did I like that made me who I was? What part of my own identity did I relate to in that role? And I pulled that out. And same with the mom, like, I love my children. I will do anything for them. I love spending time with them, but do I like being a mom 24 seven and the fact of being the job of a mom? No, I don't. Like, I don't want to deal with half of that stuff. And, you know, and, but some people do, and that's great. And then that's the role that you take and own that role. And so I guess what I'm getting to is, we have to figure out the the real deep like why are we doing this? Like, and I think the pandemic really pushed that upon people because it made us think of each of the roles we're playing in our lives. Like, a role could be a spouse, a role could be me being a wife, a role could be me being a friend. That is a role. And really thinking through all of those aspects of like and that role conflict between them and figuring out what works, what doesn't, and then taking that and rebuilding your identity. And so I think it's taken me time to evolve. And again, like I've had coaches, I've had mentors and really relying on that. Cause I say like a lot of times when you're in that you're stuck in the jar and you can't read the label and you really need somebody on the outside that isn't necessarily your spouse, that isn't your best friend, who will like give you more opinions, someone who has a third-party perspective on you to, to step out of that jar and be like, Stephanie Uchima, this is what it says on your jar. This is what I see you as, and this is what it is. So let's take you out of that and get unstuck from that jam, and let's relabel you and redefine your identity. And that's, I think, super important. And so that's kind of what I'm on a mission to do is to really help moms find that new self, find that identity. And so, yes, I say moms are really just parents, individuals, um, however you kind of classify yourself is, what is this? Like what changed in your life? What impacted your life to make you rethink
0: everything you're doing? Mm, I think that's so powerful because I think Every mom has been through that journey of, you know, there was this person I was and then I had this child Uh and now I'm suddenly feeling like I'm someone else entirely and I have all these new roles I have to play. And and making that adjustment can be, it can seem kind of overwhelming, especially in the beginning. And to have someone to walk you through that is incredibly helpful. And and I think, you know, even though we're talking about um, kind of the personal side of this, this translates into the bigger picture for us as a society as, you know, at large too, because when we do this kind of work, when we're really getting to know who we are as individuals, then we show up differently in the world for each other. Mm -hmm. And then it just circles back to what we were talking about earlier, where when there's something that we're passionate about, there's something that we really wanna do in the world, it doesn't necessarily stop us because we feel like I've got all these other things to do and we haven't been able to really incorporate those into our lives in a way that's meaningful, because we we are struggling to figure out, well, you know, who am I really? And, and how do I operate in all of these different roles in a way that it makes sense to me? And so I, I think it's really, this is kind of, like you were saying earlier, it's a great opportunity. This is kind of a moment in time where we have to have these discussions to talk about, okay, here's the way we've done things in the past maybe, but what opportunities do we have? How can we do things differently going forward? How can we have these conversations to help say moms, you know, better uh, figure out how their their new roles fit into their identity and and who they are and, and, how they want that to look in the future. And, and how do dads fit into that? You know, I mean sometimes dads are like, I don't really know what I'm doing. I've never done this before either, you know, and, and now I've got this weird kid. I don't understand what they're doing 90% of the time. You know? And it's like helping them through that transition. And and so I think, you know, it's really um it's really valuable what you're talking about, just this idea of of us really kind of going inward to some degree, looking at ourselves, but then also having someone outside of us objective to give us some outside perspective as well.
1: And you can be that outside person too for someone else. So you don't have to launch a nonprofit to feel like you're doing some philanthropic, you know, volunteer (laughs) good in this world. What about in your company you offer, you know, a free, for example, like a free coaching session to someone who you really see could benefit. Imagine that one conversation that you have with that person of you being their mentor could change the the trajectory of their life. And right now there are a lot of people who need help. There are a lot of people who, you know with so much going on again like things, anxiety mm-hmm. everything there's so many people out there and if you have one thing of value that you can help someone right. try that you don't have to launch a non-profit yes. in order to give back
0: absolutely oh, love that well do we and get,
2: do we get uh, other comments like oh whoops right.
0: That's okay. Well, and I know we're getting close to the end of our show, but I wanted to give you an opportunity to just share out your website with everyone who might want to get in touch with you find out a little bit more about what you're doing right now. So if you don't mind just kind of reading your website off for the listeners that aren't actually going to watch this
1: for sure so you can find me i have a podcast and it's called mommy's on a call and if you just go to that link mommy's on a call um it'll direct you to my website since my name is hard to hard to pronounce and spell but mommy's on a call also just came about because during this pandemic i was trying to work from home and every five minutes someone would come in the room and i'd be like hold on mommy's on a call like i'm on a zoom call like go away like you know where what's going on and so my i Ended up renaming my podcast, and I thought this would be an incredible opportunity. So it's also "Mommy's on a Call" with whether it's wellness, "Mommy's on a Call" with self care, "Mommy's on a Call" mm-hmm. with you know, volunteering whatever that is. So it has kind of a dual meaning. So you can find Got me it. at "Mommy's on a Call." I'm on Instagram at my name though, at Stephanie Uchima. I just joined TikTok. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. Awesome. You can find me on every social media platform. So and I'm what are you,
0: what's your handle on Instagram?
1: It's at Stephanie Uchima, so just, yeah, what's on the screen there, U-C-H-I-M-A, and that's my handle on pretty much everything, so, yeah.
0: Fantastic, well, what a joy to have you on tonight. So much fantastic wisdom and great tips, and just thank you, just really appreciate you being here.
1: Thank you for having me. It was perfectly, it was serendipitous, and I love oh. the, the show name, Rainbows. It just, like, <laughs> it's it makes me happy. Rainbows in real life. <laughs> Sparkle, land.
2: me too. <laughs> yeah. no, I really, thank you. you so much for being here with us and your energy and your enthusiasm, your positivity, your endurance, your perspective. Definitely, definitely appreciate appreciate you sharing that with our listeners and our viewers here today. Um, and hope everybody gets in touch with you because you know it's just all really about that that opportunity for us to really step outside of who we think we are to who we really want to be and who we, who we really can be, and getting out of that that perspective, like you said, the different roles that we have and that how we're tied to those roles and how we feel like we're obligated to those roles. And and for me, I, I find an exercise telling people just to list out what they're tolerating in their roles and taking a picking a couple of those and eliminating those, how much easier and how much more beneficial their life gets. So I love how you identified that. So thank you for being on the show and we look forward to potentially having more conversations with you because we didn't even get into the parenting and the other stuff that I was eager to do. Uh, so thank you very much.
1: We'll, we'll talk offline about parenting. <laughs> thank you so much for having on the show. I really appreciate it.
0: Such a joy to have you with us. And thank you everyone for being here with us. And thank you for sharing this out tonight. We know that there's others out there who may benefit from this message. So we appreciate you being here. And we appreciate you sharing your love and light with not only us, but with the others around you as well. And lots of blessings and love going out to all of you tonight. So have a wonderful rest of your evening, everyone.
2: Night. Cheers.
0: We want to thank you for listening today. We know you have many choices for content and we are grateful you chose us. You can always find more of our episodes at the Energy Healing Network on YouTube. Please do make sure to subscribe to the channel so you can easily find more episodes or watch when we go live. Thank you again for listening and sharing these messages with others who you wish to encourage and uplift.